Amen. Good stuff. His eyes on the sparrow. I know he watches me. Amen. What's that old song? I think there's an old song. Nobody does me like, nobody can do me like Jesus. Isn't there an old song like that? Yeah, how does it go? Oh, there it goes. Amen. Amen. Hey, nobody can do me like Jesus. That's right. You know, you think about that as we're reading through the gospel of Mark. Uh, that's what we see. I think about that, that man from the, the Gadarene who was uh, uh, possessed with that legion of demons. I guarantee you after Jesus left and he went and told all his family. Because remember, this guy... Uh, the Bible says that they would try to bind him up and put him in chains, and they couldn't bind him. He would break every chain they put on him. He would be out among the dead in the tombs, and he was cutting his body, and he was just abusing himself because he was under the, the direct uh, possession of a legion of devils, of demons. And when, when he seen Jesus coming, the devils began to holler out, What do you have to do with us, the Son of God? And... They begged him not to cast them uh, away, and he th sent them off in the swine, and the swine went in the, in the lake, and they died. And all the people came out and said, look, we don't want you here. You need to leave our area, leave our region, get on out of here. And the Bible says that that Gadarene, that man who had been possessed with the demon, fell at Jesus' feet, and he begged him, he pleaded with him, let me go with you. Let me go with you. And he told him, no, go back and go tell all your friends what I've done for you. Amen. Amen. I, I, I guarantee you he went back telling that old story. Ain't nobody can do me like Jesus. Well, he could. Amen. A man that couldn't be tamed by men brought subject and whole, made whole through the precious blood of Jesus. That's in, that's in Mark chapter 5 and... I love that. Verse number 19, he says, However, Jesus did not permit him. He wanted to go. He wanted to follow him. He wanted to walk with him. Verse 18 says, And when he had gotten into the boat, he, had been, he who had been with the demon possessed begged him that he might be with him. Oh, if we'd just find some beggars out of us. Amen. I tell you, when you've been freed from much, you can't help but love much. That's what the Scripture says. When you've been forgiven of much, we love much, and he's begging him, can I come? And I, and I, I, I like what, what, what Jesus says. Sometimes Jesus tells us things that don't make sense to us. You know, here, here's a man that uh, has been possessed all most of his life, his specific adult life we know, by a demon and many demons who finds himself freed, and he wants to go with the one that just freed him. And Jesus says in verse 19, However... Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had compassion on you. I just, just ponder that for a minute. I, I, we don't know how long this guy's been out there. Let, let's just read. And this is not what we're going to preach on today. But I, I, I got to thinking about this as, as we was singing and thinking about how the Lord looks after us and his eyes on the sparrow and nobody can do me like Jesus. Listen to what it says in verse 1. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. 
This is 5, Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, verse 2. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Just a picture of people who abide and dwell in death. And sometimes we don't realize as much in our day, but I was the same type of person. The people I hung out with, the places I went, I, I hung them out among the dead. Before I started following Jesus. I don't know about you. But that's who I run with. Dead people. Who lived. But were dead. And lived for themselves. Unclean. Spirits. Verse 3. Who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him. Or tame him. Not even with chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains and the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken in pieces neither could anyone tame him i I want you to think about that for a moment here we, we got some family and we have some friends that are still living and walking among the dead who still are living and walking according to the the lust of their own flesh who are bound in their own sin and they have no hope, no victory. They can't get away from it. They are trapped in it. They cannot get out of it. And every time somebody tries to uh, rein them in and contain them and get them on the right track, they break the chains and they write back in that debauchery and living for themselves and doing everything contrary to anything godly. This is how he was. He was trying to help him. They wanted to help him, but nobody could do anything with him. And one way they thought to help him was to bind him up, put him behind bars, chain him up. So this ought to give us hope. Jesus, when he gets a hold of us, he can do something with us. Amen? He can do something with us. Verse 5, And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out, cutting himself with stones. And when we, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered and saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountain, so all of the demons begged him, pleading with him, Send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. That's another great thing. Demons are subject to Jesus. Amen. Whatever spirits they are, they are subject to our Creator, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 13, At once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine, and there were about 2,000. And he ran. they ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea to the point that those who fed the swine, fled, and they went and told it to the city and in the country. And they went out to see what was has happened, and then they came to Jesus. And when they saw the one who had been demon-possessed, instead of rejoicing and celebrating and, re- and, and, and delighting in what just been done, he was sitting and he was clothed and he was in his right mind. And it scared them. 
Those who saw it told them what happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine, and then they begin to plead with this deliverer, this redeemer, this savior, this freer to depart their region. They didn't want anything to do with him. And when he got in the boat, the man that was possessed began to plead with him and said, let me go with you, please. Now think about this for a moment. I was thinking about this this morning. As I was getting cleaned up and come over here, I got to thinking about that phrase. He told him to go tell his friends of what he's doing. Now, I don't know when's the last time this old boy hung out with his friends. I don't know. It had to been a long time. I don't know um, what friends he was actually referring to because I believe he had people that cared for him, but they done, they done written him off. They done let him go. There wasn't nothing they can do with him. There wasn't anything that can help him. I mean, they just wrote him off as being a man that was out of his mind, a man that was crazy, a man they couldn't do anything with. Let's try to bind him, put him away, hide him, do whatever we can, but nothing ever worked, and here he is. He goes off, gets away. All they do is hear him crying, living, and staying among the dead. He's always naked with no clothes on. You ever seen the crazy folk out there on the highways and the byways? Hey, not all those folks are just slap-dab crazy. Some of them, are more than likely, are demon-possessed. And, you know, we, we have a, a tendency to avoid and stay away from, but I want to tell you, Jesus can answer some of those problems. Amen? We know He's the answer to all our, our, our biggest main problem is sin itself and ourselves in this old world that is governed by Satan and a system that doesn't act or factor in the God's answers to things and and here he is and and Jesus tells him go back and go tell your friends I would imagine that old boy was thinking in his mind what friends are you talking about I hadn't had friends in a long time let's think about that for a moment go back and tell your friends how long was he up there anybody have an idea does the Bible tell us doesn't tell us, but it appears as if carrying it was for a while. Go back and tell your friends. Do you think they would have been surprised when he showed up a different man? A man that had peace about his life? A man that had a mind that was sound? A man that uh, that is preaching uh, Jesus Christ? A man that, that's been freed from these demons? Now, what's the other puzzling thing is, is why in the world did everybody else want, him, want Jesus to leave and get out of there? I don't know. Do you think there might have been some, some folks that had a business making money off of this old boy? Everybody likes a freak show every once in a while, don't they? I mean, we go to fairs and all that kind of stuff. Y'all ever go to a fair and look at a, and, and, and get duped by a freak show? Y'all ever like looking on the internet or, or watching TV where you ever seen that show Ripley's Believe It or Not? Y'all ever watch that? Now don't lie to me. Y'all sitting in here acting like y'all ain't ever watched that. Y'all like crazy stuff. I know. It's in your DNA. Do you think somebody was making money off of this old boy? Let's go see and see what he'll do and how he is. You think some of them were afraid of him? Of course they were afraid. Of him. You think they kept the distance from him? Yes. But I would imagine he got picked on a whole lot and made fun of. And whether he literally 
had friends or not, Jesus knows that when he gets inside of somebody, he gives them the gospel of peace. He makes them a peacemaker, and peacemakers know how to make friends. Amen. And this boy is going to go back and make some friends, all because of what Jesus is able to do for a person. To God be the glory. I guarantee you he went back singing Andre Crouch's song. It wasn't around then, but same principle. I don't know if he could sing it as good as Miss Lorraine, but he, but I guarantee you he went, let me tell you, ain't nobody can do me like Jesus. Think about that woman who had an issue of blood for 12 long years. She's in a bind, sick, bent over, can't live life till it's fullest because she's sick. She heard about Jesus coming through. And she just said, if I, can just, if I can just touch his garment, if I can just reach out and put my hand on him, something's going to happen. And sure enough, she did. She immediately knew that that issue she had was healed. She knew it. She felt it. That she had been made whole. And all the while, Jesus was on his way to go heal a, a little girl that had, that had died 12 years old. Now, this little girl and this lady who was in trouble, I'm willing to say afterwards, they would tell everybody, ain't nobody can do me like Jesus. Amen? I want to tell you, there ain't nobody like Jesus. There ain't nobody been born like Jesus. There ain't nobody lived like Jesus. There ain't nobody talked like Jesus. There ain't nobody healed like Jesus. There's nobody that's ever died like Jesus. And there surely had never been anybody been raised from the dead like Jesus. Amen? Ain't nobody can do us like Jesus can do us. Amen? And that's what we see as we journey through the Gospel of Mark, as we've been reading this as a church. We're up to chapter number 7, and I, I can't help but think about uh, these things as, as we see. Think about these disciples as Jesus sent them out to go do the work. Remember when He, he sent them out, for an example, in chapter number, in chapter number 6? We get into it, and he tells them up front when the people wasn't responding to him, and, and they said, look, Jesus said, I know a prophet is not without honor, except where? Around his own people. Except around his own people. You get around your own people, they don't, they're not going to treat you like people that don't, that don't uh, know you or been around you. They didn't respect Jesus as being a, a man of God, as a prophet of who he was, even though they watched him, Mama Rob, do all that he had done. They heard the reports of things that had taken place. Just think about the testimony of this, this gathering who had been delivered or this woman with the issue who had been set free or this child who had been healed and brought to life and brought back. They hear about it, but they don't, they don't pay any attention to what Jesus says. And he tells them in chapter 6, A prophet is not without honor, except among his, his um, own people. Yesterday, I had the, a blessing to be able to go down for a minute. Took my brother-in-law and um, nephew uh, Friday night. We got in about 10 o'clock, but drove down to my brother's. He had a big dove hunt yesterday for us my dad got to come over and he had a few people over there and we shot dove had a good time and i can bear the evidence i got old shoulder that's a little tender and sore from shooting dove we killed about 260 dove yesterday just had a fun time doing it a lot of shooting 
hot. Boy, that Louisiana sun was hot yesterday. I was praying for mercy for a cloud to come over. And, uh, and every once in a while, it, it would. It, I mean, it was, it was a steamer. We got out there about 2 o'clock, David, and was set up. Then the old dust started flying in about 2.30, and we shot to about 5.30. And uh, the old sun just beamed down on us. Even had a light shower come over and got us a little damp and wet and kind of cooled it off a minute. And um, and then the sun came back out. It got hot again. It got it got hot. It, it it did cool it down a little bit for us for a little while, thankfully so. But then it got uh, it's steamy down there all the time. I mean, you wake up in the morning and uh, get out there and it's steamy like it is here, very humid and. Um, we had we had a, a grand time, and you know, I, I think about Jesus being around his brothers and around his people, and and how you know they talked to him and how they would would be. They wouldn't follow him around like these other places and these other crowds when he would go places and they'd hear he was coming. I mean, they'd go out in deserted desert lands to hear him proclaim a message. And uh, he would teach them, and, and we read a little bit further, and he sends out his disciples. Some things that Jesus does with us, it, it, sometimes it's difficult. It, it don't make a lot of sense to us at the time, but he's teaching us things. Look, look in verse number 7. Scripture says, And he called the twelve to himself of chapter 6, and he began to send them out two by two. And he gave them power over these unclean spirits. Verse 8 of, of chapter 6, he said, and he commanded them to take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no money belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. And he said to them, in whatever place you enter, a house you stay there until you depart. Don't go from house to house. And whoever will not receive you nor hear you when you depart from there, shake off the dust under your feet as a testimony against them. And assuredly I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. And they went out and they did what he called them to do. And, and I would imagine as they did that, Tommy, what we find is that he, he's, he's teaching them that they can make it without having to be dependent on extra money, without having to be dependent on extra clothes, without having to be dependent upon this. He's teaching them, Mr. Bud, just to trust him. Go out and do what I told you to do. Don't, don't look for the better things. For an example, he says, when you go to a city and you preach the gospel there, whoever receives you, go in that house. But when you're there, don't go to another place's, another person's house that might invite you. Why? Because there's a temptation in all our lives. Imagine uh, you get invited to somebody's house and you're in an area and you go and it's kind of uh, on the lesser means, very meager, very modest, and, and, and then you, you get to meeting people and then say a, a, a city official who, who has a lot of resources, who knows a lot of people, who has a lot of power and authority, said, won't you come stay with me? while you're here and I'll take care of you and I'll, I'll make sure you fed good you you got clothes to wear and all these things and Jesus up front prevented him said look whatever house you enter first you stay there just because somebody else might have a little bit more you don't take up and go to them if they invite you when you leave that place you leave that place from the house you entered into when you went there what is he doing he's teaching them not to be dependent number one upon themselves Number two, upon having 
more extra and not to be dependent on other people. And he teaches these disciples that they can trust God to meet their need where they are because their mission is to be fisher of men, to win people, to see people rescued, to touch people's lives, to be able to say when they leave a city, they can say like that Gadarene said, ain't nobody can do me like Jesus, amen? It's not what the disciples can do for me, but what Jesus did to me through the disciples' life, amen? Nobody can do me like Jesus. They leave there. What, what happens from there? They, uh, they go out. We find in chapter number 6, uh, you read a little bit about John the Baptist and what happens to him. And then we see um, these disciples find themselves in a position where people have followed Jesus out and he begins to feed them. And he feeds a great multitude of them. And after he feeds this great multitude, supernaturally, powerfully, what does he do? He sends them out on a boat, on a mission. And while they're on a mission, a storm comes. And they become afraid. I was thinking about you, Josh, when I was reading that a minute ago, when the Scripture says Jesus came to them out on the water and they thought it was a ghost. And they got so afraid. And then he spoke to them and calmed them down and calmed their spirit. That's the neat thing about walking and serving the Lord, that when God speaks to us and He speaks life in us, He's able to take those anxious spirits and calm our spirit and grant us great peace, that we have peace that goes beyond understanding. Amen? To be able to say that, hey, nobody can treat me like Jesus can treat me. And then we find Him getting into chapter number 7. And I just want you to think about this for a moment because... This is where we see how these things apply to us. Has there ever been something that you've seen people do or you've done yourself that was more of a tradition and really wasn't based on truth? And you got so caught up in the tradition that you neglected the truth to keep a tradition? Well, this is what was happening that we find in chapter 7 of the Gospel of Mark. That Jesus enters in. And Rusty, while, he, while he's there, the people find fault with him. People on the outside, and sometimes us, we're always looking to find fault with somebody. And if you focus on the faults of people, it's easy to find. You're going to find them with me, and I, I, if I look hard enough at you, I'm going to find a fault with you. I want to tell you, as sweet as Mr. Norman is, and Mr. Bud, and Mama Rob, these, these seasoned uh, mature people who have learned a lot that we can learn a lot from. They still have faults. Amen. Anybody that tell you don't have fault don't realize the faults that they have. Or they do, they just ignore it and want to lie about it. Amen. But if we're not careful, we'll start looking at people's faults and fail to accomplish the mission that God has given us to accomplish. It's easy to find cracks in people's character, cracks in their theology, cracks in their ability to reach, whatever it is, and we can get so caught up in their flaw and in their cracks, we lose sight of really what our mission is and the mission that Jesus had and the way that He lived, something that we've seen. And these things that I've mentioned, what you've been reading, Jesus was all about reaching and touching and affecting people's lives, wasn't He? 
When people would ne neglect people, walk by a person because he was wounded or hurt and needed help on the Sabbath day, they would walk right by him because the law told them they wasn't supposed to do anything on the Sabbath day. And you know they did things on the Sabbath day. They just did things that were beneficial to them, but they would neglect people. And Jesus began to show them that when some of their traditions, like for an example, when the Jew would go to a market and buy bread, when they would get home before they would ever eat, they had to wash their hands a certain way. And they had to wash it in, in with a certain way and also use a certain amount of water. And they had to do it in, in ways that fit with a tradition that they had because if they would eat that bread after coming from the market or use a cup that hadn't been washed, they would consider themselves unclean and not spiritual. And what Jesus taught them is, is that these are traditions that men have passed down to you. This never came from God to do it that way. And you have a tendency to neglect people to fulfill your traditions that makes you feel better about yourself, but you're really not having an influence or impact in people. And that's all we've been seeing in the life of Christ. I mean, he goes from one place to the next place, preaching and teaching, healing and touching and communicate and setting people free from their sins, from demons, from sicknesses, helping people. But these Jews in that day had a lot of information in their minds, but the information they had didn't translate how to use that to minister to people, how to affect people's lives. And we have to evaluate that in our own journey. Have you ever got to the place where, I mean, we come to church, we may come to a Sunday school, we may sit under the Word, or we may do our Bible readings in the morning, but we don't translate that, what we've got, what God's been doing, on how to use that to impact and have an influence on people. Not to find the cracks in people's lives, but bring answers to their lives that can help set them free. You've been guilty of doing that? Where you focus on the letter of the law? and not on showing grace and mercy to people? Have you ever been guilty of that? We all have. See, we all can fall in those traditional type things. And Jesus is teaching them that nothing we do on the outside, like washing our hands, um, that, that, that kind of thing doesn't never defile a man. What really defiles a person is the condition of their heart, what comes out of the man. And if what we're doing is not affecting our heart, and producing transformation in our heart, what we do on the outside really doesn't matter, does it? Really doesn't matter. And as I go back in my own mind and keep revisiting and thinking that one phrase Jesus made in Mark 1.17 to his disciples, he told them, come follow me and I'll make you what? Fishers of men. And the more I think about that, if what I'm doing in my daily life, what we do in our church life, how we live, how we serve together, if it's not equipping me or helping me become a better fishers of men, I'm sticking with some traditional things and acting religious, but really not doing what God set me apart to do. Amen? And we all find ourselves guilty of that. So if my time in the Lord, praying with the Lord, seeking God's face, getting in His Word to hear a word from Him, is not helping me be more effective of really looking for and listening to ways that I can influence and impact other people in my daily journey, 
I don't I can't say God's really in that. I'm doing things out of tradition and not really based on truth. Amen. Because if Jesus is in it, he said whatever he does with us and however he does it, whenever he does it, everything and all things will be used to help me have an influence with people, to be about people. Not laws, not restrictions, not boundaries, but having an influence to reach Amen? People. Being about people. Wanting to bless people more than impress people. We had somebody stop by um, the house Friday. I was getting a couple things together to um, go down to Louisiana, make this little quick trip and, and hunt. And, and Stephanie was sitting at the um, the dinner table, and she asked me. We'd, we'd eaten a little lunch she fixed the salad for us she said will you make me a pot of coffee so i set that aside went in there and i was making her a pot of coffee and she had just called uh mama rob on the phone and didn't get her and i heard her i had a little grinder coffee grinder and i was doing that grinder and i could see stephanie want me to stop because she was talking to mama rob not talking to her but talking on her answering machine and i she knew that mama rob probably couldn't hear what she was saying with that old grinder going in the background so i stopped she left a message about practicing um, for for today with the flute and the piano, and uh, she hung up the phone and she said, "Nick, somebody's in our coming up our driveway." And I looked out there and I seen a lady, an unfamiliar lady, walking up the driveway. So I, I immediately walk outside and because you never know, you never know exactly who shows up at your house and. And and I'm I'm I try to be cautious of that. I, I try to uh, go and, and and engage them outside and shut the door. That way, if something goes wrong, you know Stephanie's a little safer than me inside, and we can go from there. It's just something that I normally do. It's just out of habit. I don't even know other than the fact that's just the way I've always done it. But when I walked out, there was a, another a gentleman walked out from the side, and she was walking up and. And they introduced ourselves. There was an older couple and just as sweet and bubbly and kind and nice as you can, you can get. And she said, I am, I am Miss Patsy, Patsy Young. And this is my husband, Mr. John Young. And, uh, we're from Plano, Texas. And, um, we've been following you and Stephanie on, uh, on Instagram and Facebook. And we made a commitment. If we ever come east and come this way, we was going to stop by and see the church and see y'all. We hope we're not in intruding. We just wanted to say, hey, and we're going to keep on going. But we, we, I said, oh, no, no, y'all come on inside. We come on in, and, and they fellowship with us for a little bit. And we hung out, and we talked. And, I mean, she knew everything about us and uh, knew all, all about us. And, and I'd been following her, which she doesn't do a whole lot of stuff on there. But we talked, had a great time of fellowship with them. And I'm thinking the whole while, you know, Stephanie, she's an ass. She just got off the treadmill. She's sweaty, got her hair in pigtails. And I know, I said, I don't really want to bring her in. And Stephanie's going to think, why in the world did you bring them in with me uh, just like this? And uh, But Stephanie, you know, that because she wanted to be a blessing to them too. And, and we always think on that and try to make an effort is that, look, we're not out to try to impress people. We want to bless people. And everything's not always going to be just right. Amen. Uh, how many of y'all ever have dishes in the sink at your house? Are they always picked up and clean? How many ever have any dirt on the floor? How many of you ever have toilet paper in the in the bag at the front door? 
that didn't make it and put up yet. Anybody? How many of you have had groceries sitting on the counter you ain't put up yet? You see, we, we, Jesus is all about people, not impressing people. Blessing them, amen? And if we're not careful, if, if, we're, if we're trying to get everything in our lives to be so fit in order to be a, a ministry to people, we're going to miss out on a lot of ministry. Why? Because there's flaws and cracks and undone things in all of our lives, and we don't have to worry about that. The key is, is that it don't have to always be in order. What needs to be the priority is that I have something that I can sow in and invest in people's lives. And that's what I'm learning as I'm going through Mark again, just looking at ways Jesus loved on people and loved on people and loved on people and helped people and freed people, taught people, preached to people, and just kept loving on people. Amen? That's what he's called us to do as we follow him. Just keep loving on them. Amen? I mean, your hair can be a mess. Your clothes can be ragged. You might not even brush your teeth yet. Just love on people. Amen? Love on folks. Don't worry about what's on the outside. Let God do a work on the inside of us so that we can see a work done on the inside of other people. And he'll use it. To him be the glory. Don't wait for the perfect moment. Just do what we've been called to do follow the master and the master's going to make us better fishers of men for his glory father we thank you we bless you and give you glory and praise thank you for being so gracious and gentle thank you for doing what you've done in our lives and may we continue to testify with those of old that have a testimony of you doing something in their lives like no other person could have ever done thank you for using your people to be a blessing to us thank you for using us to be a blessing to your people but may we always make it known may we always recognize that it's you at work in and through our lives to touch and to heal and free and bless your people we love you and thank you and praise you in Jesus' name.